Ray Combs came to Hollywood full of energy and ready to take on the comedy world and follow in the footsteps of his idol, Johnny Carson. Within a few years, he would get an agent, land a successful syndicated game show, and then be found dead at the age of 40. This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> we call this thing anyway. Death in entertainment. Hello, 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 Dedo. Oh up? man, I am so excited this week. Yes, yes. we are very excited. We've got. Uh, Stony McBones, aka Calcium Berto, aka Chillin', Deddy Wagner, Daddy in the background. Wagner. So, yeah. uh, aka Clifford, aka Clifford. I don't know if I like that <laughs> one. Clifford's still alive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? My name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcarin. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And we have made it all the way to episode 82. Can you believe it? Ah, oh, man, I. I can't, but I can also at the same yeah. time. <laughs> We're getting up there. We are. Uh, this week we are discussing Family Feud host Ray Combs and his tragic passing. Yeah, very sad, sad guy. But um, full of energy. You know, he had his yeah. good years, as we all do, and he had his bad years, which got very bad. We definitely <laughs> all do. <laughs> it didn't end so well, did it? For Mr. Combs? No, it didn't. Hence the episode about his death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it may not have ended well for him, but it's going to start. Good for us? I don't know. Wow, this is... <laughs> I'd say smooth segue if it was actually a good segue. <laughs> I got a better one. All right. Survey says... Oh! Let's go to June 2nd, 1996. See, that's what I'm talking about. How could you please... Start us off with the top three songs of June 2nd, 1996. Ooh, June 2nd, 1996. Number three, Because You Loved Me, from Up Close and Personal by Celine Dion. That's with Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. yeah. I have a piece of trivia about that movie. It was originally supposed to be about Jessica Savage, the news anchor that was a real pain in the ass. Oh, really? <laughs> and then she died in a car accident in the prime of her career. No and shit. it was going to be a biopic about this woman. Yeah. And somehow in development hell, it just ended up becoming a rom-com. And what? had nothing to do with Jessica Savage in the end. That's like so many Hollywood movies. They started out like they, this bastardized version of it came out. Like some Frankenstein <laughs> version of it started uh -huh. in a very much cleaner way. Yeah. It's like the player. It, Remember where Richard E. Grant is like... Okay, close up on, close up on the man as he's going to the electric chair. Yeah, no stars in this. Yeah, and then <laughs> in the end, it's like Bruce Willis, yeah. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Nobody dies. <laughs> yeah, oh my yeah, goodness. it's a happy ending. Yeah, and stuff. yeah. <laughs> Number two, "Always Be My Baby" by Mariah Carey. Do you know what the song is recently from? From our recent movie watching history, Kyle. No. Can I say yes? 
Bo is afraid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they had that big scene. Yeah. She was actually there at the uh, premiere, apparently. I saw pictures of her on the Mariah was? Yeah. That's with, great. Mm, well, he Ari has Aster. to, Ari Aster really had to pull some strings and write a letter to Mariah asking her to use a song because wow. she, like, the company, I think it's Sony, they're a bunch of ball busters when it comes to use it, using their songs. Yeah. So imagine if they read that script, they'd be like, hell's to the no. <laughs> but yeah, that scene was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Parker Posey, Joaquin Phoenix, and Mariah Carey, and nothing else. Yeah, that's the combo we've been waiting for. If you're out there, you get. Uh, listening, you have to watch this movie, Bo is Afraid, yeah. by Ari Aster. It's bonkers, and it's amazing. Good luck to you. Yeah. You'll be a different person afterwards. Let us know when you saw it. But <laughs> if you're as demented as we are, you're going to have the time of your life. Yeah, you're going to be like uh, Robert De Niro in, um, what am I thinking of, in the movie theater, just going crazy. when no, no one. Oh, in it. Cape Fear. In Cape Fear, yeah. yeah. <laughs> by the way, congratulations to Mr. De Niro. Yeah. Uh, at age 79, 79, 80. It's never too, never too late, huh, to have uh, your 18th kid or something. Yeah. Him and Nick Cannon had to head. Never too late to have a crime against humanity. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey. What the fuck? I, An 80-year-old dad? Okay, fine. It's perfectly normal. Anyway. I guess, I guess his penis is not de-aged, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there goes Kyle's invitation to his gender reveal party. Kyle's just, for no reason, just uh, irrational hatred of Mr. De Niro. No, you know what <laughs> happened? It's not normal. <laughs> you know what I think okay. happened? He's confusing the Irishman with real life. Yeah. He thinks technology can make him 45 again. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he's shooting like he is. Okay. Anyhow. Let's shoot to number one now. Number yeah. one, The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony. Don't sing any of it, please. Ooh. See you at the crossroads. Crossroads. I love this song. It is perfect, actually, for this case we have in front of us today. Mm, yeah. Um, but this is multiple episodes in a row where the number one song matches uh, what the episode this is. This is about. a dead on match. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. um, Alejandro, what's going on with the movies right now? Number three, it's about a tornado. Any guesses? I got to go see about a tornado. Yeah. Uh, it's Twister. Hey. That was a hot movie that summer. It was. Summer 96. I mean, you got Helen Hunt. Yeah. You got Bill Paxton. Philip Seymour Hoffman. And Hoffman, the man. Yep. Yeah. And then Mark has a link to some song. This sure. is... Can you explain this? I don't... For some reason, this made an imprint on me. It, it was the worst... Uh, original music made for a movie I've ever heard. Just a cranberry singing Twister. And it's like, Twister, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I love the cranberries. I don't remember this song at all. I don't either. I, I'm pretty sure it was an original song for the Twister movie. <laughs> I could just be like Kyle going after De Niro for no reason. There's a cow flying by. Move. <laughs> <laughs> Move. <laughs> the ultimate Twister. <laughs> Oh my god! I kind of oh love it. Goodness. Yeah, it's got some melody, but it's so dumb. Sorry, Twister. I missed that at the time. The studio's like, "Yeah, this is great, uh, Cranberries. Thanks for this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to use it in the movie. You never hear it in the movie, Twister. You never heard it on the radio then either. No, you never heard anything. Wasn't uh-huh. exactly like Kiss from a Rose from Batman no, Forever. No, nothing like that. Uh, number two, Kyle, please. Me. Oh, Alejandro. <laughs> Mission Impossible. Da-na, da-na. The Wait, first. No, that's 007. Yeah. 
<laughs> Wait, what were you, what were you singing? Oh, okay. I was about to say that's not even anything. <laughs> this one is dun 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 dun. Oh yeah, that's dun, it. Dun. There you go. There, there you go. go. Famous yeah. scene where he's being lowered yeah. on the cords. Yeah. Your mission, if you choose it, uh, is to come out of the closet. <laughs> oh. No, that's the South, oh, that's the South hey. Park guys. There are bread and butters, so I figured why not. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. The original Mission Impossible directed by Brian De Palma. Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of his rare commercial hits. Yeah. He yeah, kind of fell off right after that. I think Tom Cruise had to take him out to dinner to ask him if he'd, he'd want to do it. He really wined and dined uh, yeah. Brian De Palma? Yeah. I, I, what else was De Palma doing? I, like, Why does he have to be wined and dined? <laughs> I watched an interview Bucca recently. He really wanted him. Really? Yeah. Well, because that was his bread and butter. This is before J.J. Abrams came on the scene, really. He's still yeah. doing Felicity or something. <laughs> Brian De Palma could really direct a suspense or an action sequence like nobody else. He did that um, that Travolta movie. Blowout. Uh, Blowout, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, you ready for number one or let's what? Let's do it. Absolutely. Okay. The Rock. Love it. Not the wrestler. <laughs> Not the stone. Not the drug. There's a line in The Rock. <laughs> Not that, the pet. There's a line in The Rock that me and my friend Andy Flaherty, big listener, shout out. Flaherty. Um, Flaherty. Um, he, there's a moment where, uh, um, what's his name, goes, Nicholas Cage says to, um, to the old man there. Sean Connery. Sean Connery goes, cut the chit-chat, a-hole. And I, I just <laughs> like when he says that. Ace-hole. Ace-hole, but a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of classic lines in that. Yeah. My personal favorite is when they're trying to get into the prison. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage tells Sean Connery, I'll do my best. And then Sean Connery's like, your best? <laughs> Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good Connery. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought I was in the room here with Sean Connery. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. Oh. And R.I.P. this pop culture flash. Whoop, yeah. Whoop. So, we are uh, getting right into this. Let's get into the story. Let's Ooh, start yeah. the of, feud. Of Ray Combs. Okay, uh, Ray Combs, born April 3rd, 1956 in Hamilton, Ohio. He was born into a Mormon family. Oof. Yeah, I know. That's a kicker right there. <laughs> no good. Uh, but Hamilton, like, um, very proud of his roots there. Um, very proud of this hometown, which I had never heard. It's like a, it's a suburb of Cincinnati. The play is based on this place? Uh, Hamilton, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about a bunch of farmers. Lin Manuel Miranda <laughs> says, "Oh my God, I'm so inspired right now." <laughs> yeah, it's like Graceland for Paul Simon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, he went to Garfield High School and was an actor in high school, and he was the senior class president. Uh, very popular guy, I guess. He seemed uh, he seemed to be good with the ladies. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're class president, ding ding yeah. ding. I think you're doing something right, um, or doing somebody right. Yeah. Well, he's a Mormon, so they're not allowed to do that. Mm. Don't they have to fuck through a sheet or something? <laughs> 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 or go soaking. <laughs> oh, really? Which is when you put it up a girl's ass and don't move. What? Yeah, so it doesn't count as actual sex because there's no thrust. Is this in the Book of Mormon? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah towards the one? middle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> towards the back end, if you know what I mean. Yeah, hey! Whoa! So he leaves high school. Um, He gets into West Point. He could be going to West Point, but instead he decides to do a two-year stint as a Mormon missionary in Arizona. Big mistake. Wait, but- he was on a mission in Arizona? Yeah. Don't you usually go to Honduras like foreign countries or, or something? Africa yeah, or something? yeah. Yeah. Go to yeah, but he's like, that's like going. I'm to, going to Scottsdale. I had a friend <laughs> when I went to UMass. I had my roommate or my neighbor. He um, he was he went abroad to Massachusetts, but he was from Arizona. I'm like, wouldn't you go to another country or something? What? Like, he, this guy was a weirdo. Um, but yeah, that. I don't know. He went to Arizona. That's that's what he decided to do. That was his calling to go to to go to uh, Sedona. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After that, he's like, "What am I doing now?" He goes back to Hamilton and just starts selling furniture. He gets married to his wife, his high school sweetheart Debbie Combs, uh, in 1977, and together they have six children. <laughs> so six children. That's pretty small for a Mormon family. That's true. They're known to have. It's like the Romney family. They just have you know a lot of. Greasy haired scumbags coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> Am I a knock on De Niro? It's <laughs> <laughs> the most offensive thing. The <laughs> greasy kids. <laughs> well, we weren't offended by the. Well, De Niro. they use a, they use a lot of hair gel. The more the uh, Romney yeah. family, you gotta be, you gotta admit. And six admit, kids. Admit to it. Six kids. Oh, admit. I, I like it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Six kids, that's practically like living an alternative lifestyle if you're a Mormon. That's like being single. Yeah, that's yeah. low key. Yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, he's he was like super young to be getting married and having kids so early. How old is he here? He's like uh I wanna say twenty three. Mm. But yeah, at this time though, it's the seventies. You know, yeah. we're not like current times where like, you know, it's all over the map these days. Uh, but yeah. his, I guess his his parents were like super young too. His dad was like twenty two, and his mom was eighteen when they got married. So I guess that's normal in the Mormon family to get married yeah. super young. So Ray is kind of aimless in Hamilton, Ohio. Who the hell knows what this place is? Yeah. Um, he watches TV constantly. Mm-hmm. He loves the Tonight Show. Uh, this is like his big life inspiration: is watching Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show and stand up. It's just becoming a thing. Like we see, we I think we take it for granted these days. There's like bubbles, and then they burst, and then they kind of ebbs and flows. Yeah. But stand up wasn't really deemed an actual career at this time. It's pre boom. Yeah, it was like an underground thing in like the fifties and sixties with like Mort Sahl and Lenny Bruce and stuff like that. And then yeah, seventies it started becoming more of a commercial. Uh, viable, somewhat viable thing. Yeah, and they become a. It became like a network of stand-ups, and it like there was an actual industry that can be sustained because they're opening clubs left and right. Yeah, and I know you're gonna get to this because I do know he eventually becomes the host of Family Feud. Yeah, if he starts out as a comedian, that really wasn't a thing back then either. 
where comedians would host shows like that. Mm. Yeah. Because it was more just like a polished entertainer that would host shows. Yeah, I don't know. I think, but it was like a, you know, like a vaudevillian type person. Yeah, or you just, know what I mean? Though, like, like most of those old game shows, it wasn't. Big yeah. time comedians hosting them. Pat that Sajak, became a thing later on. Pat, Pat Sajak was a weatherman. Uh, Richard Dawson was like just some drunk that would make out with women in an alleyway, and then they're like, "Hey, you should host the Family Feud." Well, he <laughs> he pretty much took that act and brought it to the yeah. Family Feud. I'll talk about him later. He's a real piece of work. He's uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's a guy. <laughs> I, I, I respect his style. No, oh, absolutely. Not, not to like you know force himself on women or anything. But. <laughs> Whoa! Um, so Ray starts dabbling in comedy in like 1978. So he the bubble is just about to start like building up big time. And yeah, the, yeah. things are he's starting out at the right time. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he still thinks he's like behind the eight ball because he's like, you know, it took it took him a couple of years to find comedy. Um, in Ohio, he's searching for comedy. In Ohio, good luck. Yeah. Well, he finds finds one place in Cincinnati. This place called the Red Dog Saloon. Uh, it's pretty much the only game in town. It's the only comedy going on in his like greater area within a twenty minute drive of Hamilton. The mecca. It's the yeah. This, <laughs> this is the comedy store of the Cincinnati greater area. You know, the, <laughs> this is pretty much it. Um, it's basically. It's called the Red Dog Saloon, which is attached to. It's pretty much the bar of a Marriott, of like a, like oh a, like, God. a tra- like a traveling, ma- like a you know, like a bad Marriott off a highway. There's like, so many gigs like that in the South that I did, like the Bonkers Comedy Clubs. Yeah, comedy clubs. They were like a lounge in the lobby of a not even a Marriott, like worse, like a yeah. Holiday Inn Express. Like <laughs> it's pretty horrible. much. It's pretty much that. It's like. Yeah. It's it's for like you know um, you know like furniture salesmen that are traveling through and want to yeah. stay the night and like had too much to drink. They like why not go to this you know bad comedy club bar that's at the bottom of this shitty hotel I'm yes. staying in. And if you happen to be doing comedy there, you're interrupting someone's conversation. Yeah, pretty much. They don't want to oh, listen man. to you. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey guys, comedy's happening tonight. They're like, they don't. They're gonna gonna scream louder. The yeah. people are like, can you keep it down <laughs> on stage, please? Yeah, it's the kind of spot. It's not, it seems like where they wouldn't turn the TVs off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the football game's still going. Yeah. Like, you just gotta scream over that. But Andy Griffith's show is on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like that. That's kind of a good place to start, maybe. Oh yeah. Because you have you really have to. Scream your act at people and get people's mm-hmm. attention. You, yeah, you battle for attention. You battle for attention. You have to like tap dance your way into finishing your twenty minute set or whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, um, it's he, like carrying a couple weights up the mountain. Yeah. yeah, just make it a little harder on yourself, and then it's all smooth sailing after that. Yep. Yeah. So he's performing here like regularly. I'm sure he's making a couple dollars, but not enough to uh, quit his furniture salesman job. No. Um, because he has like three kids on the already and like three on the ways and stuff. So, oh, he, so he needs to like he needs a real career, basically. He needs a condom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he needs to pull out. <laughs> He's like, ma, I'm thinking of quitting the furniture store. <laughs> She's like, what are you crazy? Yeah. Just wrap it up one time. Yeah, yeah. For comedy. Yeah, <laughs> you just impregnated your wife last night. <laughs> I can't quit the furniture store. Um, his big act is uh, is doing like he does sitcom theme songs Oof. for his act. Well, some what? one example was he he was like performing at the Red Dog. 
the guy that was doing the second show uh, like quit or just like couldn't make it or something. So Ray has to do both shows, which is like a half an hour each. Mm. So Ray is like, I really only have 20 minutes of material. <laughs> 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 so he has to figure out what to do instead. So he starts like singing the Adams family. And like, cause they usually they, you know, if there's one show, they take a break and then the new, a new audience comes in. Mm-hmm. But at the Red Dog, it's just the same bums that were there before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we saw this already. <laughs> so he's got to like just really think on his feet and just like wow. come up with. So he does the Adam family, he does like Gilligan's Island. He's just like, oh my God. he's just singing theme songs. I'm like, that's not really an act. He should have been in the car at the beginning of the Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. I was just <laughs> thinking that. When they're like, ba-da-da-da-da, ba-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Yeah, I, he doesn't really have, uh, he doesn't have a lot of material, but he has energy and he's like, a, he's a hard worker. So he's like, you know, willing to do whatever he needs to to like yeah. make this whatever career he doesn't have work out. Yeah. <laughs> His he, fans start requesting things do green acres yeah <laughs> i bet you they did i mean they must have been hammering they maybe they had a good time i don't, I don't know i'm sure i don't um, know <laughs> i mean uh, well i'm not here to judge yeah, yeah. We, to be a fly on the wall there maybe you'd figure out but exactly. who cares? um after a couple of years ray becomes uh the funniest person to ever come out of hamilton ohio that's the name he gets for himself Mm-hmm. That's quite the uh, inscription on the trophy. Yeah, <laughs> as, as uh, my dad would say, that that and a dollar will get you a cup of coffee. Yeah, <laughs> I also know someone who lied about saying they were the crowned the funniest comic to ever come out of Boston. So he might have lied. Really? Yeah, yeah. They throw away, throw around that. Yeah, you know, title someone who lived in Boston for three months. <laughs> Very um, hard to prove too. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, not what, what metrics are you the funniest person to yeah. come out of this area, this region? So in 1979, he's like, you know, he he's desperate now to to get a career in comedy, and he doesn't know how to do it, or he doesn't know what he needs to do to get out there. He writes David Letterman a letter. By this time, Letterman, as far as I know, he's doing comedy store, making no money. And, like, drinking every night himself to death. <laughs> yeah, but he was known um, for sure. He he got it, the David Letterman show started in 1980. Okay. So he might have gotten late, late before that. But yeah. late night with David Letterman was uh, started February 1st, 1982. So he was on the verge of already being on TV if he wasn't already on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he just... He maybe he knew him through other friends or something. I'm sure if you're following comedy at that time, yeah, he was... Famous. Yeah. Um, so David responds and encourages uh, Ray to go to L.A. and follow in his footsteps and go to perform at the comedy store, which is a great thing to say, like, yeah, you know, go do it. I'm not going to help you. Yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. I'll give you yeah. the directions. That happened to me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> There's a guy that's like somewhat known out here, and he was friends with uh, my uncle, and my uncle died in like one of... Uh, his buddies was like, oh, you should hit up this guy if you're moving to L.A. Yeah. And so I sent him a message on Facebook and was like, hey, I know you know my uncle. Uh, he passed away and everyone there was telling me to get in touch with you when I move out there. And he just goes, oh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I think I talked to someone else, too, and they were like, like a girl who went to uh, college uh, and lived on the floor with this kind of well-known comic. Not really that well-known. Yeah. He's not really much. Um, I met, I messaged him and he's like, yeah, just, uh, uh, go, uh, stage time is really important. 
Oh, you think? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, another piece of advice. Uh, write some material for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like, I'm thinking, like, what does he think? Like, he, he's a guy who's not really made it. Right. Also, and he's like, what am I going to say? I'll uh, Let me buy you a cup of coffee and pick your brain. Yeah. I hate people that say crap like yeah. that. So. So, yeah, he probably dodged a bullet, and I probably did, too, and who cares? Uh, <laughs> and the reality is you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. that Exactly. No one else is going to help you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so Ray, Ray Combs still watches The Tonight Show every night. He's still, like, stewing back in Hamilton with his wife and kids, and he's always like, I'm better than that guy on Johnny Carson. So, like, Johnny Carson's starting to put up a lot of comics, and, like, Maybe he is better than some of them, but not like better than David Brenner or like Dangerfield or anything. Yeah. But like, I'm sure there were some hacks that went on there from time to time. A lot of them. Yeah. Because it was every night he would have a comedian pretty much. Yeah. yeah. A lot but of it, people went through there. But at some point, Ray's like, screw it. Um, I'm quitting my job as a furniture salesman here and we're moving to L.A. So they do. Wow. Um. While he when he gets out here, starts submitting to like he does everything he can to become a like a working stand-up uh he starts working his full-time job though uh is still his day job is working as a furniture salesman again <laughs> so he came to la yeah and then he got another job at another furniture store. another soul-sucking sales job <laughs> oh yeah but he needed it because he has like a wife and kids so yeah. he starts submitting to stand-up competitions and he actually gets on one hosted by none other than Jay Leno. Huh. Hey, you see this guy? Hey, this guy Ray Khan is pretty good. Yeah, he, he, you hey, know, he's never gonna kill himself. I don't think. He's gonna sleep with Sofa. Kevin, you see this guy? Kevin Eubanks is just a baby at that point. <laughs> uh, so Ray doesn't win this Jay Leno stand-up competition, but um, he does. You know, he he does well enough to actually get an agent and stuff. Wow. Yeah. So it's like So he wins. Those were the days. He basically wins, okay. yeah. I think the actual the the prize was like fifteen thousand dollars or something. Because if he gets an agent, like what does it matter? He just yeah. needs to get into the business. He's got I'd some take exposure. An agent over fifteen grand. Yeah. A good they agent. They can get you. Yeah. Yeah. They can get you that easily. Not some bum agent, like yeah. uh, <laughs> basement somewhere. Yeah. Not like Broadway Danny Rose. Yeah. Yeah, I got an office. Uh so he starts touring as a stand up. And he is able to quit his job as the furniture salesman. Mm. And then he starts doing warm-up for shows like The Golden Girls, Facts of Life, and Amen. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Golden Girls, too. That's the show. Yeah. And it's weird. He's just, I guess his act is just, he's singing the theme songs back to the show, the audience. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, thank you for being a friend. Pretty and everyone's much. like, <laughs> this guy's great. I yeah. know that song. <laughs> this guy's a comedy inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's changed my life. <laughs> Sophia's like, what's with this guy? Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's so popular, actually, as a warm-up guy that they move around their shooting schedules just to make sure he can be there. Wow. Yeah. What? That's it's not, insane. But it's not insane. It's not great to be a sought-after warm-up guy. 
Yeah, it's, it's work. It's a paycheck. Not, yeah. to, not to deflate what you just said there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's insane there. You're moving union time to make sure that they can get him in. Yeah, and and stars, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? And Blanche and all them. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> right. They're like, we got to change our schedule for this fucking guy? Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Someone's got to go knock on B. Arthur's trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and tell her that the time is later. Imagine, what do you want? Imagine, t- <laughs> imagine 2D from Facts of Life being like, yeah, you got to change it. You got to change your schedule. Yeah. But if you think about it, in the 80s, those are the days when TV shows got millions and millions That's of true. viewers. So and if- millions of dollars. They had like... You know, money out the ass. Yeah. So if you have a good warm up guy, maybe that ensured that the episode went better. That's yeah. true. Yeah, they need the entire process to to work, and it starts at that. Yep. And yeah. they all were the writers' rooms were getting coke deliveries and all sorts of goodies. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what Norm always said about working on Roseanne when he was a writer. Norm McDonald was a writer on Roseanne, yeah. like in the early days, and he'd be like. He'd read the script and be like, "This is gonna bomb," yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the producers were all like, "Don't worry, you know, we're we have these warm up people that that are gonna help out, and it's all gonna work out because the crowd's gonna be so forgivable about any oh, line yeah. here. That they're gonna be so happy to be there. That yeah, they're laugh at anything. Yeah, and they got you know Ray Combs going nuts and like you know, <laughs> jumping up and down to make sure that they're gonna be laughing their asses off. Yeah, yeah. Except everyone's laughing except Roseanne. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I hate this. You're fired, number 12. Yeah. Where's my new husband? How <laughs> say can you see? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, he gets he gets uh, Hollywood Squares. He's on there as a celebrity panelist. So just to show you how loose they were with celebrity panelists. On yeah. That's Squares. very loose. The <laughs> yeah. warm-up guy? Yeah, that's like a flapper. They're like, yeah, celebrity guest. Yeah. And it's like it's the owner of the place. Yeah. That's one level been. <laughs> below Bruce Valanche. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Literally in the squares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, and that would have been the second iteration of Hollywood Squares? No, I think it was the original okay. one. Because I know there was 70s, 80s, and then the Valanche, Gilbert, Gottfried years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 2000s. Whoopi, keep... the, the Karen Johnson era. Ugh. It just shows you rebooting crap is not brand new. Right. Oh, no, yeah. it's always <laughs> yeah. been around. Um, Wouldn't that be the dream gig? To do Hollywood Squares. I'd do it. Yeah, yeah, they just write you one joke to say when it's your turn. Yeah. And that's it, and you get paid for that. And you and just you're have to like, sit there. And you're like well-known in like middle America. They think you're like a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that must be. You could be... sell out stadiums in Indiana. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, Bruce Valance said he used to get recognized all over when he was on that show. Yeah, he was hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, he was a pro. <laughs> Uh, also around this time, he um, gets a background role in the movie Overboard with Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Oh, comedy the, classic. Yeah, I thought I thought it was a good movie when it I was is. a kid. Yeah, some people say it's controversial now. Bum, bum, bum. Well, they did an, another version. Speaking of reboots, in which like they switched it around, in which it was a um, it was a man who got. Found yeah. in in the water. That's so creative to switch the genders. Yeah, because that makes it more believable or more <laughs> like who who cares? It's a dumb movie anyway. I, yeah, exactly. It's about a rich woman who falls overboard and hits her head, and Kurt Russell 
treats her like his wife. Yeah, which is kind has, of like rape. I don't know if they had sex or anything. That's the problem that people have with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Because she has memory loss, and he yeah. convinces her that she's uh, his her what his his wife. Excuse me. Yeah, it's I'm problematic. I'm verklempt here. Yeah, yeah, it's too much to to process that stupid movie. <laughs> and this discussion is problematic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's still doing the tapings of he's still doing the warm up. But guess who comes to one of his tapings? The show Amen. Is produced by Johnny Carson's production company. <gasps> the so man himself. The man himself comes down to see what all the hubbaloo was about with this guy Ray Combs. He was coming down to see some weird wild stuff. Yeah, he's like, I heard there's a weird guy singing <laughs> uh, Gilligan's Island down here. It's weird, <laughs> wild stuff. Yeah, you're, this really, groundbreaking you're, comedy down here. <laughs> you got yes! something there, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's pushing the envelope, Johnny. <laughs> You're really weird and, and wild. Weird. And and extra wild. He's like the next Lenny Bruce. Johnny. <laughs> um, so October 23rd, 1986, Ray Combs has his first Johnny Carson appearance. Wow. Uh, and we, we have a video of that here for you folks. Okay. Awesome. A little bit about this next part. Next fella. This guy's weird. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Ray Combs, who's a comedian, but he's a little bit different kind of a comedian because he does, for many of the situation comedies that film around the country, especially here in Hollywood, what is called a studio warm-up. Wow. Audience comes in to see the show. They may set a scene. They have to break. His job is to keep that audience up so they're in the mood for the next scene. And it's a tough job for a comedian, and, he, and he's the best at it. Uh, he's also a recurring regular on the Jack Klugman series You Again on NBC. And uh, Ray's going to be appearing at Funny Bones in Cincinnati, November 25th and 30th. So you are our audience, and here is Ray Combs. He just goes back to Cincinnati. <laughs> that was quite the intro. Why are they so excited? Imagine. They haven't seen Be- him yet. Because he warmed up the audience. Yeah. Oh. No, no, thank you very much. You guys make me... This is the greatest week of my life. I'm a comedian. I'm on The Tonight Show. Everything is happening. I got to tell you something very, very personal thing just happened in my life last Wednesday. My two-year-old daughter became potty trained. You had another kid? Yeah. It was a big day. We had mixed emotions about it. It was the first time she went all by herself. Didn't say anything to anybody. Saw the big potty, got up there, took all of her clothes off. Did a really nice job. <laughs> we just wish it wasn't in the display area at Sears. Uh, Hello! <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> That's enough. That's that enough. was a really long setup. Yeah. That's some weird wild stuff. Stick to the furniture salesman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy is different. He, yeah, he does yeah. some Sears material. Yeah. <laughs> really weird yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the daughter was doing the potty in the Sears. That's weird. <laughs> and that's funny because it's, it's not in the bathroom at home. Johnny, this is uh, too much for me to process, Johnny. <laughs> and oh, that punchline, it's so obvious. Like you see it coming down in a cab on sunset. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's a. I would call his co- comedic style as desperate, kind of. Not in a, in a, in a, in a, in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it's very corporate polished. It is, yeah. He's, nothing edgy about it. No, nothing like that. Yeah, he's, very, he's a clean comic. He's a Mormon. Um, so, like, nothing wrong with that, but there's a lot of good clean comics out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. <laughs> okay, best of luck to you, buddy, you know. Uh, 
Well, okay. Well, I will get back to Leno a little bit later. Bill Cosby, another clean comic. Yeah, yeah. So th- they're all good people. Meaning, yeah. <laughs> so clean comedy means good person. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that'll come back to. Um, so, so now after he's on Johnny Carson, this is a time when you, you become a made man. Like that's as, it as a comedian. Like that is your stamp of approval. Like you know, he's not going to be doing the Cincinnati Funny Bone, and it, after no. that. You know, he's going to get bigger gigs and stuff. He's going to be a bigger touring comic if he wants that. But the problem is he's got the wife and kids and he's got he doesn't want to tour that much. Ooh. So he actually wants to spend more time with his family, which is crazy. <laughs> what but... is he, gay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't know if I'd go there. But... <laughs> and quick question. Did Johnny invite him to come over to the desk? The yes, he did. He yes, did. he did. He got the, which is, you get the okay, uh-huh. and then he goes, I want you to uh, come over here. And then they talk to him for a little bit. Don't have a seat. So that that's that was the currency of a very successful comic. Yeah, if time. you weren't invited to the seat, yeah. then you were you a were, schmuck. You were nothing. I heard recently that David Spade got the invite, but uh, he, oh, wow. he didn't even notice it. Because <laughs> like, it's like, you're here, and then Johnny's like way back on your right here, on, yeah. your, on your back right. And then uh, David Spade was told by like the the producer, the line producer, like don't don't he's not going to call you over, don't bother. So just come back when when your five minutes are up. Wow! And so David Spade went back, and then he missed going over to actually get like a quick panel. And Martin Short was over there too. I mean, you could have, if you're one of the producers, you could be like, he gave you the sign, like go take it, like go yeah. sit down. But you got to like look to your right, and at that point, you're like. You're like, you're like a dog. Yeah. Right? Can I come? Can I come, Johnny? <laughs> David Spade goes, and you are... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a walkie-talkie? Yeah. Um, but David Spade, a little more cutting edge, but not much more than um, than uh, our guy here. So Ray comes. Uh, so after um, his late night spot, you know, he's like flooded with offers, um, with game shows and stuff, because that's what wow. he wants to do. And I, his, his agent... Uh, this guy Irv Schwartz uh, knows that he wants to do talk shows and stuff, so uh, game shows. So he kind of he gets some offers out there. He's if a- I had an agent, I would want him to be named Irv Schwartz. Of course, may the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> yeah, you always answer an email with Irv Schwartz sending it to you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, he, so Ray is offered eight hundred grand a year to host Family Feud. Um, he's offered a reboot of Johnny Carson's Who Do You Trust, which I never heard of. Hmm. Um, he's offered the new win, loser draw version, um, from Burt Reynolds company. Um, so a bunch of other crap. (laughs) (laughs) So he chooses family feud basically. (laughs) Um, after it was rebooted in 1988, after Richard Dawson left in 1985, Ah, there's some controversy here. Um, whether or not Richard Dawson left on his own or he was fired or the studio just didn't want to do the show anymore. Was he an alcoholic? He was a drunk. He, he was, was drunk on every episode. Yeah. <laughs> and that was his shtick, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. he was like, some people are like, I call like drunk comics. They're just, you know, that's their style of comedy. They just appear drunk all the time. Or that one comic that literally that was his shtick. Foster Brooks. Oh yeah, that was he. He wasn't a big drinker too, but he was like he did a character of a drunk guy. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Richard Dawson. No one knows, but apparently the the company that created Family Food Feud was this guy Mark Goodson. 
Uh, he started the show in 1976. Mark Goodson had a partner named Howard Fleischer. Uh, they had done a bunch of game shows like The Price is Right, Match Game, Beat the Clock, To Tell the Truth, and like many more. Some they big actually, ones there. A big, some big ones, yeah. He actually hired Merv Griffith and Monty Hall as their first jobs. Like, wow. Like he trained the people that got the bigger jobs, basically. Yeah, yeah Merv is like the quintessential name in game shows. Yeah. Yeah, he created Wheel of Fortune, didn't he? I, I, th- I think so. Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are the only two shows that like survived any all of this stuff. Obscenely rich. Mer yeah. Griffith production. Yeah. Mer Griffith, like he's the one that tricked Trump into uh getting into the casino business, I think. Is that true? Yeah. Oh my god. He like whatever he did, he like really <laughs> fucked over Trump <laughs> in, in like some big way or something wow. like that. Um so he started Family Feud, and he was friends with Richard Dawson. He starts this in 1976, and he told Richard, who was his friend at the time, who was just kind of maybe a casual drinker at this time, like, hey, you should do this new show I have. <laughs> you know, cut to like eight years later, and they're like, everyone hates Richard Dawson. Now he's a formal drinker. <laughs> yeah, he's Forget like, the casual. Yeah, he's a professional, <laughs> seasoned professional drinker. Yeah, back he's in the kissing day- everybody on the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what he did. That was just sick. Like, he would kiss. Women like like in front of their husbands, in front of their husbands (laughs) on the mouth. Yes, and he'd like touch people inappropriately. Very strange guy. Yeah, wouldn't survive in today's climate. No. Yeah, and back in the day, they used to have hosts that seemed like they didn't want to be there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta host this show. Yeah. (laughs) Now they're all like fake. Like, hey, welcome to Let's Make a Deal. Well, there's a there's a dichotomy there. There is someone like. uh, Ray Combs, who is what you're talking about, the latter of that, which mm-hmm. is like way too, uh, he's w- willing to do anything to get you to keep watching him. It's like the- his stand up. Yeah, v- very desperate, you know. Whereas, <laughs> desperate. I was thinking more like clean, polished, corporate, high energy, yeah. Yeah. high energy. Yeah, well, Richard Dawson, he's kind of like takes a page out of like the Letterman handbook mm-hmm. where he's like, He's like, I don't want to be doing this, you know, but yeah. but that you kind of like there's an attraction there mm-hmm, to right. someone who doesn't want to be there, really. It's but, more subversive there's, there's if they don't want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's too cool for the room. But Pretty you want to hang out with them. But Ray Combs is like, please keep watching. Please keep watching. You yeah. know, he's like, mm-hmm. you know, I need this. <laughs> doesn't want to offend anybody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, he definitely doesn't want to kiss anybody. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Ray Combs's thing was actually he was very uh, self conscious about his height, so he put on the shoes of women who were wearing uh, high heeled shoes. He wore high heels. No, no, no. He women would be wearing them instead of kissing the women on the lips like R- Richard Dawson would. He'd say, "Hey, he's can kissing I, their waist." He's like, "Can I? Uh, can I step into your high heel shoes?" And he'd put them on on air. During, what? during the game show. I no. don't remember this at all. Yeah, and he would. They, but he would do this on camera? On camera, yeah. What? And he'd do it in in the front, like not behind, like where you couldn't see it. He'd do it in the front and like start walking around in their high-heeled shoes because he thought it was like a joke that he <laughs> oh, was only see. he was only 5'7 or something. But, you know, Ray was, he wanted to make this work, basically. Ray got the job, but he wasn't the first choice. Hmm. Um, the first choice was actually Joe Namath, who they really liked. What? Yeah, Joe Namath was actually, he did a couple uh, run-throughs with Joe Namath as the host. 
I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Speaking of men who hit on women from, on the sidelines. Yeah, yes. from one drunk to another. <laughs> Joe Namath. <A> smooth segue. <laughs> yeah. I want to kiss you. Yeah. I, uh, I told you I was at that game, right? At the you were? Yeah, I was oh at that game. Oh, my God. In 2003, Joe Namath was just belligerently drunk yeah. on the, the halftime show. For a random Patriots Jets game, he was yes. being honored that day. He was being yeah. honored, yeah. In some some, you know, attractive uh, correspondent woman, Susie Colbert. Susie Colbert. Yeah, she was like, uh, "What do you think about, um, you know, whoever the quarter was? It Scott Zola. Like, who was the quarterback of the Jets at that time? At the time, it might have. Uh, I forget who it was. I think Mark it's Sanche- Sanchez. I think it was pre Pennington. Okay, whoever it was, he's like, I don't care about them. I just want to kiss you. Yeah, and like, not even just like on a. It was to the, the to the uh, entire stadium. Yeah, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> like, <laughs> it might have been. It was definitely on camera. Okay, I could be wrong. Maybe it was just to. <laughs> it was just on the uh, broadcast of like ESPN or something. Yeah. So either oh, it was Chad Pennington. That was actually the Chad Pennington. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. why don't Sanchez is a real quarterback, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And Curtis Martin was uh, the running back on the team at the time. I remember expatriate. Yeah, and then he <laughs> called her to apologize, and she said they spoke for a couple minutes on the record. Yeah. And then, like, another hour off the record. Yeah. Awkward. Like, wait, what are they talking about? He went to rehab right after that, I remember. <laughs> he did, I swear to God. Well, of course he did. I remember this This was the most freezing day ever. Oh, I kiss, Like, yeah. I, w- I was as drunk as him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and the weather was cold too. Yeah. <laughs> Check, please. Hello. <laughs> I'm like Ray Cole. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm in the, I'm in the red, red Dog Inn in Cincinnati yeah. here. You saw that coming a mile away in an I'm, Uber. Yeah, I'm at the Marriott <laughs> off, the, off of I-75 here. Um. So yeah. So you know, Joe Namath didn't work out. He they just thought he wasn't right for it, and they just moved on with Ray Combs, who was their guy. Um. So they're like, hey, uh, you know. Ray, do you think you're going to, you know, why do you think you, you know, the press were asking him why he thought he would be good at this job and stuff. Um, He just said, I realize this was my vehicle. Just as Carson had Who Do You Trust? Just as Merv Griffith had another show, he says. (laughs) Uh, Just as as Groucho had You Bet Your Life, you know, this is my way to the big times. And that's that's pretty ballsy to say there. He's comparing himself to Groucho Marx. Just as Jesus had the Bible, <laughs> it's absurd. I the way he's like you know uh, comparing himself to other people just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Um, well, he, what else are you gonna say at a press conference? Yeah. He also went on to say there will be some skeptics until they see it, but they're going to have to love me. They're not going to be able not to. That's like aggressive. Okay. Yeah, kind of rapey, actually. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like overboard. <laughs> yeah, that's a little, coming out a little strong. There. It's like yeah. Mike Tyson when he was yelling at one of the reporters that's like, I'm going to fuck you till you love me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> but, you know, he's flying high right now. He gets a seven year contract. What? Uh, t- yeah, with, um, to, to do. Basically, the show seven a years. Feud, that's like yeah. Steve McNair, rookie, wow. getting signed to a seven-year contract immediately. Yeah. That's like a lifetime back-to-back shows, unless you're planning and to. It doesn't yeah. work out. 
on a live yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, just because they give you a seven-year contract, they could pay you out early and mm-hmm. just not not air your shows. Uh, but we'll get to that. Um, so he went like on a, a bunch. Of, he does like a whole campaign to like you know sell the himself on this show. He goes to like the Price Is Right, a bunch of other game shows, and like, as a contestant. No, just. I don't know. Because the price is right. It's not an interview show. I guess so. That Yeah, because he well, goes on there to promote his other show. Yeah, he might have just been like... Uh, Maybe a celebrity a, contestant? A small ad break or something like during the show. Yeah. We're like, hey, by the way, this is Ray Cohn. He's like, watch me on the new Family Feud. Yeah. Bob Barker's like, we're still waiting for your price on the soap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, very a lot of the affiliates, which is very important in, in network television... Uh, a lot of them weren't on board with him, but they were like going along with it. Like, let's try this guy out because he was an unknown entity. Nobody was on Carson. Yeah, but that's not a big enough entity to sell an entire show. He's been warming up B. Arthur. Yeah, but yeah. also affiliates aren't big enough to be able to make that call. They I are actually shut up. No, but it, if, really? if they, they are, if they band together, if there's enough of them that are wow. against him, then you know it'll start turning the tide on on that show. And like they're like the price is right. We don't want to pay for it. We don't want to air it. Oh wow, that's yeah. the whole reason they took Conan off so fast when he had the Tonight Show because oh, the wow. affiliates were complaining. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, so it it moves like that, you know. Wow. If if they don't like you, they chew you up and spit you. Because that's the money. Yeah, Th- that's what it all comes down to. Is yeah, money. Yeah, um, his his style right off the bat was kind of like his stand up on the Tonight Show. He's just uh, he's looking for the joke all the time. Um, you know, he's he he's <laughs> at some point he's like doing comedy to the camera, as if he's like trying to already be Johnny Carson. Yeah. So he's just trying very hard to. To show that I have other th- other thing tools in my belt here, and I don't want to do game shows for the rest of my life. Right? Maybe he got some like input from Johnny, who's like, you know, don't, you don't want to stick around this job for too long. I thought that was his dream to be a game show host. His dream was to be the Johnny Carson okay. to do the Tonight yeah. Show and not be a game show host because he just he saw it as a stepping stone. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I have a little excerpt of him on on the show. Uh, I'll say where Omar Gaddafi is from Libya. Libya. See, I'm not afraid of this guy, Gaddafi, because I don't think he's real bright. <laughs> think about this. He took over a country and he made himself a colonel. <laughs> That's it. General, right? I guess you could say the colonel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, like, he'd do stuff like that where he had, like, I think he had writers that were, like, writing bits based on the categories. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alejandro loves it, I guess. <laughs> he made himself a colonel. Yeah, but he do- he's just waiting there for the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Is this thing on? I said a colonel. <laughs> the audience starts attacking him. Yeah, B. Arthur storms the stage, and he's like, "Don't, don't, don't!" <laughs> <Just kidding>. Mauled. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's in- yeah, everyone's into it. Like, hey, everyone changes what they're doing. <laughs> To be family ties, family. They're like, wait, that's not how this, the theme song goes. <laughs> um, a quote on like whether from a journalist was like, "Do you think you can uh, fill Richard Dawson's shoes?" And Ray said, "I don't have big shoes to fill. I have my own." Yeah, I got these women's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got my own high heels. Yeah. <laughs> What happens in the TV landscape in in daytime TV that might throw a wrench into Ray's career? Soap operas? 
No. Daytime, you said? Yeah. This what? is my wife, Oprah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're right. So Oprah in all the trash TV that follows her, uh, you know, that basically is inspired by the, her trash mm-hmm. TV version, uh, is what really takes out Ray and um and Family Feud. Because they were in direct competition. Well, pretty much, yeah. That that's like the syndication like hours. It's like afternoon stuff. And right. like, you know, daytime television. Because now it seems like they put them a little later, the game shows. Yeah. Like maybe like after where Oprah would have been, but before the prime time. Well, they would start at like three o'clock. No, but they have a lot of people to jam in there. They had yeah. Ger- Geraldo. <laughs> I say Geraldo because that's how Anthony Kiedis said it. Geraldo, <laughs> 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 Maury, Phil Donahue, Morton Downey. Jerry Springer, rest in peace. Yeah. You know, they, mm-hmm. all these people were like butting up against him, and like that—that's the competition for the airtime. That's what won out. You know, like yeah. the only uh, game shows that stuck around were—it uh, was Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Those mm-hmm. are the only two that like really survived this onslaught of trash TV. Yeah. And unfortunately, Family Feud was just not. It was too cheesy, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, not to say any of these things are groundbreaking television, but it was just like it's all dependent on a good host. Like if you watch Family Feud right now, Steve Harvey is beating the other two now. Yeah. So it's kind of went the other way. And I think Steve Harvey, people love him. They also went like super sexual in the uh, questions and answers. Yeah. With Steve Harvey as the host. On purpose. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, you got to be out of your mind with, you know. It's four <laughs> o'clock when yeah. they're putting it on, but it's still like mm-hmm. people talking about fucking each other and shit. Yeah. <laughs> there's Name some, there's some, there's Name some great some. super cuts of Steve Harvey on there. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Alejandro? <laughs> Name something that's big and long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he's like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Get so. your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the people are Writing this stuff back yeah, there, like yeah. <laughs> purposely trying to get these reactions. Yeah, and it's some jilted wife that's like, "Not my husband's cock." Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he'll he'll take like a beat of like you know five minutes to like you know do some antics around yeah, the stage, yeah, right. and then he'll come Walking back, around, and right, the audience yeah. eats it all up. They he love walks it. it off. Yeah, and you, like Ray Combs could not. Pull off any of this no. stuff. He's a Mormon oh, guy too, so this is a little too racy for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ray Combs is so insecure. If he doesn't get the laugh right away, he's probably going to kill himself. Yeah, Ooh, I mean, um, okay, let's not let's not cut ahead too quickly. Ee. All right, we'll get to that. Oh. I have a theory. Let's hear. It. I think that in the '90s there was no um, streaming, right? So yeah, you had to be you had to get people's attention faster. Okay. And nowadays, people can watch Family Feud, Wheel of Fortune whenever they want. Yeah. So the, it's not as direct, yeah. the result. Do you know what I mean? Like, in in the 90s, people were like, I don't want to watch Family Feud right now. Maybe they would have wanted to watch it the next day at their leisure. But some people like that appointment type of television, I, especially elderly people. They like, like, I got, you know... I got Jeopardy at seven. I got Wheel of Fortune at six, and th- that's yeah. how they plan their day. It's part of the routine. Got yeah. my stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I see what you mean. So you're saying the host is the most. So he didn't have it. He just didn't yeah. have it. Yeah, his his you know his ratings dipped up a little bit. Then they dipped way down. 
And I'll just summarize this. Like, they started chipping away at some of the syndication, like some of the reruns they were getting. And then at some point, they tried to, like, redo the entire thing. They added they added some nonsense. They added, added a bullseye round. They made it longer. They made their, their the original airing longer. They added a bullseye round in which, you know, the one family would go up against another, and then they bring in another family, and then they weren't playing for money, really. It was just points. It was super confusing, hmm. and like they bring in a Mormon family, yeah, it's like twice the size, yeah, <laughs> it's five tables long. <laughs> Welcome to the lightning Mormon round. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, whatever they did did not work. Uh, but throughout the entire thing, Richard, um, I'm sorry, Ray Combs is trying to make this work. You know, this is his, this is his big shot. Yeah, uh, and, he, and he really needs to make this work before he can get the next thing, which mm-hmm. he think if he sees this as a stepping stone, there's no next stone if he doesn't make this one work. Um, so they're making tweaks and stuff, making a lot of changes. Um, at some point, they come to an agreement that Ray is not working out. Wow. He's the problem. Mm. Uh, they're given one more season by the studio. Uh, to either make this work, and they decide um, it's not going to work with Ray. And what year is this? This is 1994. Okay, and how long had he been hosting it? Um, he had been hosting it since 1988. Yeah, that's quite years. a long run. It's for a, it's a good run. Someone that's not working out. Yeah, and you know, at the end there, he was doing everything he could to make this work. He he went on the show 227. He he brought on the cast of In Living Color and he <laughs> <laughs> he just to make it more hip and like wow. these are all the he went on WWF um he he added his likeness to uh Super, uh, Super Nintendo. What? Yeah. How, how did he do that? I don't know. An NES game, I think there was a Family Feud video game. Oh, there was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, he was in the movie Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy. Wes Craven. Yeah. Wow. He was in 1992. He was on the Larry Sanders show. He was in an episode of Larry Sanders. That's right. Yeah. Unfortunately, though, Vampire in Brooklyn was a flop. Yeah. Yeah. So that didn't help him any. No. <laughs> Total flop. <laughs> was, like Eddie Murphy's Yeesh. 90s movies were awful. He's like, I just got an Eddie Murphy movie. Yeah. It must have been such a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Um. Either way, like he got a little bump in the ratings after doing all this stuff, but it, it wasn't enough to really make it work in his favor. B- probably, by the way, the numbers he was doing then, it would probably be a breakout hit right now ba- mm-hmm. based on the rating systems and how streaming Like is. 10 million people or something? It was like 8 million or 7 or 8 million or something. Which now is like the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But he was getting 800 grand a year. Right? Yeah, he For was six years. He was like making a million at some point. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he didn't really want to do it. But at, at that point, when you have a family and you're like, oh, my God, this is like pretty easy fucking money. Yeah. 800 to a million. You're going to try to fucking do everything you can to keep that job. You would think he was pretty good with money. Oh, no. But he was not. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, Ray's final episode of Family Feud was taped sometime in February 1994 and aired in um, in May of that year. Ray was doing an episode, the final episode. While the episode uh, seemed like any other, during, um, during a Fast Money bonus round, the five answers given by the second contestant each netted zero points. Combs joked, you know, 
I've done this show for six years, and this is the first time I had a person that actually got no points, and I think it's a damn fine way to go out. Thought I was a loser until you walked up here. Oof. You made me feel like a man. Ooh. Wow. I can't handle this. That's cringe. And he just tees off on this guy. Oof. Yeah. Um, after that show ended and the credits start rolling, Ray Combs immediately left the scene without ever saying goodbye to anyone, just walked out of the building. Wow. And that was it. I mean, boo-hoo. Yeah. You I, know, like he's got, he hosted a game show for six years. There's people working in the factory, working in the coal mines <laughs> yeah. at 4 a.m. every day. Like, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel bad for him at all. No, but, that's a little bit of uh, little man syndrome coming through, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, let's think of. Made well, me feel like a man. Like, what? Shut up. He's crushed, though. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it happens. Years. This is show business, baby. But do you know what else is going on around this time in 1994? What? Johnny has left The Tonight Show. A couple years out at this yeah. point. And Ray didn't get it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And he thought he, that was his next stone that he was going to go to. Just give me a break. And not only that, he didn't get Conan's job either. He didn't get any of these late night jobs. He's, he's still doing this, which he sees as demeaning for him. Yeah, but he was up against a hundred other comics for those things. I know. Just because he was a good warm-up guy, he thought he was going to inherit the Tonight Show? Yeah, he doesn't really have comedic chops, really. I mean, he's fine. Yeah. I I mean, I haven't seen enough, but, you know. It would have been tough to deal with actual comedians when you're, you know, the host and you can't keep up with other people who are probably a little bit quicker than you are. Yeah, and someone like Conan comes from, like, the the Harvard lampoon and stuff. Mm-hmm. He knows comedy on like a gutter level, you yeah. know, whereas, you know, he, he, and he's an engineer of comedy. He is. Yeah. yeah. And he's like a, he's like a genius mm-hmm. when it comes to comedy. But Ray Combs is like, he's like, he's a furniture salesman. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like nothing wrong with that, but he's just not an intellectual comedian. Like, like other people are. He knew how to sell a lazy boy. Yeah. And make the customer laugh. And he knows how to do, he could get, he does eventually get another, game show but that's kind of his shtick that's that's what he's good at yeah what he's missing is a persona yeah conan's exactly got it. leno's got it he he's seems just, very empty yeah it's it's all just you know what what do they call it just playing the notes without the music yeah yeah um the ray is destroyed he's spiritually mentally he's done like after he loses this job he thinks his life is over Oof. which is like he's got a Brand new house in Glendale. He's got six kids. He's got a a nice wife at home. Yeah. You know, he's got everything made. He's got property back in Hamilton, Ohio, which he stupidly bought. Mm. (laughs) And he starts spending like an idiot, actually, while he's, you know, doing the show. He he buys two comedy clubs back in Ohio, too. Two comedy clubs? Two comedy clubs that completely go bust, and he loses, like, uh, millions on. And this would have been after the boom, when... They were starting he starts, to go bust. He, as the the value of the comedy clubs are going down, he's mm-hmm. buying mm. and probably buying at high values. And I think he had a friend who might have been ripping him off too. Yeah, or like a, you know a comedy buddy who's like, "Hey, this is our big dream." Yeah, you know, now that I got money, I want to. I'll run the joint. Just write me the check. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I think they started. It was like that part of Goodfellas where they start like stripping all the money out of it yeah. and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was in, he was in arrears at some point. He wasn't making any money. Jeez. And the chuckle hut was probably worth something at some point. 
Yeah. Then it turns into Enron stock. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is going bad for Ray right now. Yeah. Um, in July 1994, about five months after he loses the Family Feud gig, um, Ray gets in a horrible car accident on the 101. Mm. Um, I think there was something weird happened here because I think there were some payoffs of local police or the hospital because all the details are suspicious to me. And all the details are coming from Irv Schwartz, the uh, agent. Super oh, agent. Super agent. Um, what we do know is Ray injures one of his spinal discs. He could barely walk. Mm. Doctor tells him he could never walk again. Did so, he cause the accident? That's the other thing that's up for contention here. Um, so Irv says that Ray told him that he was a speeding vehicle swerved from the fast lane and collided with, with Ray's car, which, which then rear-ended another car. Um, so this is what Irv then told the LA Times, which is where I got this information. But I don't know. I... I think this is Ray's first suicide attempt. Oh, wow. That's a hot theory, but I think... Um, that is a hot theory. Yeah, but I, that's just my own theory. Hmm. Um, so he, so he's one of those assholes that was going to take somebody else out, too. Yes, maybe. <laughs> and I think he was trying to like crash to the guardrail or you know have a head-on collision, but I think he wanted to make his suicide seem like he didn't do it. Yeah. Ugh. He's having a complete mental breakdown. I'm telling you, it was bad. Yeah, this is not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, to say the least. Yeah, when when the doc when the uh, when the cop got there, he had to give Ray mouth to mouth resuscitation to bring him back to life because he was having like a seizure on the side of the road. Jesus. Um, he's, wow. He suffers temporary paralysis of his arms and legs. Um, the doctors, like I said, told him he'd never walk again. And he wasn't drunk. Well, that's the other thing. We don't know. Uh, yeah. he's has a lot of prescriptions at this time, too. And that no one knows exactly what they are and what they're for. Probably antidepressants. I think there are a lot of, like, benzos. Some benzos. Yeah, yeah, I think they're, like, the downers and some stuff Benadryl. like that. Yeah, maybe some Benadryl. But there's no blood test to make sure what he has in his system at that time. Maybe wow. some opiates coming after this. Yeah. Oof. Um, Ray asked the hospital not to disclose any information of what, which is they're not allowed to anyway. But yeah, who who is he that he can make those requests? Yeah, well, but it, I think it might be HIPAA was came after this, I believe. Oh, it was when I was a kid. I remember HIPAA being like uh, put in place. Interesting. Yeah, um, right and now. the ironic part is he wasn't a very HIPAA comic. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> so you're like. <laughs> You're looking for the joke everywhere, just like he was. I like that. Yeah, HIPAA started in 1990, August 21st, 1996. Okay. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, so, so yeah. So wow. I guess before that, they could just say whatever they felt like, you know, about about people's individual, you know, health yeah. concerns. Wow. Yeah, I remember my mom was a nurse growing up, so I remember, like, literally when I was a little kid, they were like, all right, now you can't find out about people's... Uh, medical history, and I was like, yeah. "You could in the first place. That's insane." <laughs> yeah, I know. Just give out any information. <laughs> yeah, they had to pass a law for that. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm sure Jobs could just call the hospitals, like, "Hey, is this guy on drugs or something?" Yeah, yeah. And now you can't even ask easy questions to people. Well, yeah, I think it was like obviously the medical uh, history stuff is like you know questionable, and 
could be involved in lawsuits. And then there were people asking if like this person was in the hospital and then like going and getting murdered by some psycho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're like, all right, enough. <laughs> um, so I talked about how Ray made some bad investment decisions. Yes. Uh, with the comedy clubs, which terrible. The last one closes actually in 1995. So even after this car accident, the, the, this place called the, the Karoo Tower. The Cincinnati Comedy Connection in Karoo Tower. The whatever, Karoo Tower. Whatever the hell that is. Yeah, that sounds like a prime location. That's the first thing that's wrong with that club. <laughs> yeah. The name. Uh, so wow. Ray, Ray buys two Jaguars. Um, he helps build his high school sports stadium back in Hamilton, Ohio. What does that mean? He just donated a bunch of money? Yeah, yeah, to build the sports stadium. Maybe to have his name on it. I'm sure it has to be. Yeah. I think he, like is desperate for his hometown to, to know that he made it. I think it seems like it. He's desperate in a lot of ways. Yeah, <laughs> it, it makes sense because the Karoo Tower has been uh, a staple of the Cincinnati skyline since the 1930s. Hmm. And um, I believe might be the tallest building in Cincinnati. Yeah. Little man syndrome again. Yeah, yeah. maybe. So he thought attaching himself to this landmark, he was going to be the mecca of comedy yeah. in Cincinnati. And sports, which he could never get probably a starting position at, uh, He's now his name is now on the stadium. Mm-hmm. It's just very... De- it's it's wow. desperate. It's desperate. It's, de- it's as desperate that, but it's- as his comedy. Yeah. So he's fired. He's got no job right now, um, and he's he's starting to hit some really bad times. And he's he, got two Jaguars. What do you need two for? <laughs> yeah, and they're a shitty car anyway. Why do you even buy them? Even I Steven know. Crowder just has one car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he's, yeah. he's louder. <laughs> um, in October 1995, Ray begins a new show called The Family Challenge, which is on the Family Channel, which is like one of those. <laughs> One of those like cable channels that no one even knows of or has. That's a blatant ripoff of Family Feud. Yeah. And the yeah. Family Channel became the Hallmark Channel, I believe. Um, The Family Channel became, maybe it did become Hallmark or something, but it's on Freeform. I looked it up and I'm like, it's very, con- like these companies change over like every two years. Yeah. I yeah. think I remember the Family Channel. I think so, right? Yeah. Or yeah. did it become ABC Family? Yes, it did. Okay. In 2016, and then a- and after 2016, it, beca- freeform. it became oh, and then freeform. freeform. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Very confusing. And family challenge. That is pretty nuts that he thought he could get away with hosting a show called yeah. Family Challenge. Yeah. That's the exact same <laughs> title. Um, it's he, a synonym. <laughs> he's still at this time, he's still got a problem moving his fingers and hands. But he like has to hold note cards in the microphone also. Oh boy. So he's like he's like handicapped now doing this kind of new bastardized <laughs> version of the family feud. Jeez. You know who created this show? Uh Dave Thomas from SCTV. One of oh, the Hoser yeah. guys. Yeah, uh yeah, Strange Brew. Strange Brew, yes, yeah. that guy. I thought you were gonna say Dave Thomas from Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I thought at first too. No, they couldn't get him for this. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you gotta press down on the pad. Yeah, <laughs> on the square patty. Another yeah. square patty. Yeah, yeah, another one. Um so yeah, he's doing this horrible show. The the premise is two teams of six family members. Um, competed. Each team usually consisted of two adults and four children. Uh, usually the parents, but it could also be whoever they knew, which is maybe Epstein went on there with some. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> what am I like? Ray Combs out looking for the ghost. <laughs> I have it. They're like, here's your new host, Gary Glitter. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, a example of this horrible. Show. Oh, great! Yeah. Challenge continues right now. He's this smiling. is like Double He's Dare. It's kind of like Double Dare. You just like throw a pie in your, your cousin's face. Yes. Which you work for like... I work for the city of Pasadena and I train at-risk kids for the city of Pasadena and park maintenance. That is fantastic. We need more people doing public service. And I'm sure <laughs> all the young people that That's you right, work with right now have probably lost respect and quit their jobs. Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're proud of your family. <laughs> what kind of risk is that? Have you heard of Muammar Gaddafi? He's like, I got some... joke. I planned some Gaddafi material. His lovely wife. Come on, knocking on door. She's wearing a beret, the contestant. Gaddafi's waiting for you. <laughs> he only does Gaddafi, bro. All right, all right, all right. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad. It, and it looks so much crappier, and he's dressing like. He's dressing like <laughs> like he's ready to go golfing at a par three course. He wears sweatpants with like a button down shirt that's tucked in. And, he <laughs> and yeah, he has like the uh, the collared shirt and then like a sweater over it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he wears sweatpants. It, he, it's a weird look. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah, like the preppy guys would make fun of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he also does some failed show called The Love Psychic that goes nowhere. Doesn't even see the light of day. Um, so mm. he, ba- he basically he's making a million dollars a year to get in like a family channel pittance of like I don't even know how much he was making, but it's got to be five figures or something mm-hmm. per year. Who knows? Um, I he, bet nobody watched that. I <laughs> nobody, and if they like, no one even knew it existed. Probably I never heard of it, and I watched a lot of TV yeah. growing up. Yeah, um, he's drinking a ton and doing a lot of pills again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's turned into the drunk that Richard Dawson was. Yeah, but not as fun. Oh, not at all. No. Yeah. Um, so at this time, Ray's wife wants a divorce, and they separate in 1995. Oof. Which is huge if yeah. you're a Mormon. Ray's, not, Ray's living in an apartment down the street in uh, Glendale. It keeps getting sadder and sadder. Uh, it's about to get even more sadder right now. Yeah. Uh, June of 1996, Ray is at his wit's end. Um, He's in pain from the car accident still. He's on pills. He's drinking. He's, you know, he's not living with his family. He's, everything is disconnected. Everything Mm -hmm. is messed up. Um, In addition to his two failed comedy clubs in Hamilton, um, he owes $100,000 in back taxes, $150,000 in loans and credit cards, um, and also the mortgage on his Glendale house, $470,000. He is currently in the procedure of getting foreclosed on. Yeah. So where did all the money go, I wonder? That's a, There's at least, at a minimum, a gross of $6 million that is, like, missing. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he's got six kids to feed. That's true. Where they... <laughs> he um, took a million apiece. Yeah. He defaults <laughs> on the two Hamilton homes in Ohio there, so the, they're gone. Uh, they're sold at an auction. Um, he's got medical bills out the ass. Um, he's the got, gym closes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you uh, not pay cash for all that? That's crazy. Yeah, he, he makes money, but then he uses that as leverage to take out loans. <laughs> it boggles my mind how somebody can plan a family 
yeah. have six kids, get married young, and then have no concept of saving money yeah. or planning for a future. Or making um, sure that your kids are hooked up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. His oldest is like 18, so like they're going to be ready for college or something with yeah. no money and no like <sighs> planning Holy or anything. God. Yeah. But he's got a gym he can go work out in. Yeah. Um, so, so Ray's wife uh, receives a phone call from Ray um, telling her that he's been very depressed. And she must be like, all right, like, you know, be an adult here. Let's yeah. let's let's uh, let's get ready. You know, let's get normal or something. Um, during the phone call, uh, Ray sounded like he had been taking pills with an alcoholic drink. She was suspicious that her husband was attempting to take his own life, so Debbie immediately calls nine one one, and the police take Ray to the hospital where he was treated for an overdose of pills. I don't know exactly what the pills were. He's very secretive about this. You don't want that to get out. So Debbie goes to pick him up. Um, at the hospital to drive him back to the apartment where he was staying. Not their house, because she doesn't want the kids to see the current state he's in. Yeah. Um, he angrily demands that she take him back to the house. She says no. He's so erratic, he, he jumps out of the car on the 134. Holy shit. Yeah. He, out of a moving car on the 134. Then he hitches a ride to another person's car. <laughs> another person hitches... Uh, picks him up and he hitches a ride to back to the Glendale residence. So he's not injured from jumping out. Yeah, he gets stuck in the grill of somebody else's <laughs> car, and then he gets off whenever they stop. I don't. He must have been. Yeah, he's, he's thanks he's for the ride. <laughs> have you heard of Muammar Gaddafi? Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's he, on the front engine yeah. when they arrive. Yeah, he, he's in he the Volvo grill. He, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looks like Gumby, like flat on it. Let's get a beer sometime. <laughs> Drop dead Fred. Yeah, flat. yeah, he's, pretty, he's dropped dead <laughs> in the grill of the Volvo. <laughs> He realizes he's unbreakable. Yeah. What kind of gas bottle is this guy? <laughs> um, he's got flies in his teeth. <laughs> a windshield wiper in his head. <laughs> coming out of his ear. There's a squirrel like in his ear suit. Um, so yeah, he gets back to the house somehow, a little banged up, I guess. <laughs> a little ran over. Yeah. Oh. Um, Gets back to the house. Um, he goes in there, and the wife and the kids, they leave because he's there, and she just wants to get away from him. So he's there, and he goes completely insane. He destroys most of the inside of the house. He just goes ballistic, just messing up everything. Yeah. Anything he comes in contact with in his own house, he destroys. Yeah, he is uh, what the kids would say, on one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, wonder if in his mania he ever pretended he was on TV hosting a show. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure like, he That's fantastic. Tell me about yourself. The kid is like under the table, oh, like God. shivering. Like, <laughs> Where are you from, kid? <laughs> yeah. Can I put on your shoes? Daddy, leave me alone. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, I'm sure there's some trippy mania. There's some really good like art house movie that could be made about this guy's life because it's so yeah. Ari Aster. Yeah, yes. I'd love to oh, see man. Ari Aster do a movie about this. You know guy. what? It could be like an autofocus type thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, he's in the house. He breaks everything. Uh, maybe he's listening to Limp Bizkit. Who knows? Yeah. Breaking stuff. Uh, he, at some point, he just resorts to banging his head against the walls so much that his head starts bleeding. When the officers get there, again, uh, they see Ray at the front door. He's bleeding from his head, and he told them that he accidentally fell in the hot tub. And that's the official story that people yeah. are trying to get out there. They take Ray to the Glendale Adventist Medical Center where he was admitted to the psych ward for a 72-hour mental obser- observation. About 14 hours into it, on June 2nd, 1996, just after 4 a.m., um, hospital personnel discovered Ray Combs' body hanging with a bed sheet in a closet. Mm. Yeah, that's a good uh, observation. <laughs> that they had going there at that yeah. hospital. Yeah, they observe him uh, dead. Um, oh, you're on a suicide 5150. Oh, uh, let us just take a walk real quick while you actually kill yourself. But what was their motive then for doing that? It's not like it's Jeffrey Dahmer where they look the other way. Wait, what, no, are, you, but you're what are you to saying here, Kyle, that, that, that they weren't observing enough? No. Well, they yes, can't that's be, what I'm saying. They can't watch him 24-7. Yes, you can. When you're on a suicide watch, 5150 hold, yeah, of course you have to be watched. Well, maybe they thought he was just going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. They thought he was hanging Christmas decorations. But why yeah, why are they doing rounds at 4 a.m.? You know, what what kind of like what is that? Like why would they decide to pop in at 4 a.m. and this is the time to look after him? No, these kind of holds, they have like an observation window. Yeah. That they're supposed to be watching you at all times through. Okay. And so the fact that they didn't is just kind of insane. They're probably watching TV on their monitor, and then they look up once in a while. Yeah, they're watching uh, reruns of the Family Feud. Well, this is not the best. (laughs) This sucks. (laughs) Family challenge. Yeah. But you got to think, this is not the best hospital in the world, and it's also because he has probably no health insurance at this time. Yeah, Mm. maybe. So they probably did the wallet biopsy in which they check to see what, what type of health insurance you have. And it's not good enough. They're going to take you to the worst hospital they know of. Yeah. Mm. This is why I was saying it was, you know, possibly preventable because <laughs> he's either smashing his head all over the, the house and or actually hit his head in the hot tub. Yeah. Plus two car accidents and one stage dive out of a fucking car. <laughs> yeah. Like there's okay. a lot of head trauma on top uh-huh. of already an unstable person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Yeah. It could be CTE. It could not. But <laughs> it could man. be. Well, CTE comes up a lot on this podcast. A lot of yeah. people. Mm-hmm. But maybe that car accident he was initially in. Maybe he got some CTE in that, and that that made him more crazy. Maybe. But I. No, I, I really think that he really took it hard getting fired from these shows. Yeah. And he, and he, he took the He saw it all slipping away. You know, like the the career he thought of, he had it envisioned in his mind, mm-hmm. was gone. He also yeah. took a lot of hits hard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he did yeah. <laughs> uh maybe he fell down while putting on some woman's shoes too, and yeah. then said then. Good point. Oh, but I I forgot to mention though the real kicker for the the family feud after he left they brought back Richard Dawson for one more season. Oh wow! Even though they hated his guts, and that could have been the nail in the coffin for that for him. And Leno, you know, taking over the Tonight Show, you know, Letterman getting his own show at uh at CBS there, Conan getting a show, and who who did the the late night on CBS? It was Tom. Um, Snyder. Tom Snyder got yeah. that one. Yeah. So he's like, if Tom Snyder's hosting a late night talk show, I know. You feel I'm like, out of here. I'm chopped liver. I'm. I suck. 
Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Good thing he didn't live to see Louis Anderson hosting Family Feud. <laughs> or Richard Karn from yeah, Home Improvement. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Al Borland. Yeah. Yeah. Or, uh, or Steve, whoever does it now, what's his name? Steve Harvey. Harvey. Steve Harvey, yeah. 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 Wow. Poor guy. Yeah. His death was ruled a suicide by hanging, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. They. Um, he left no suicide note. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It just sounded like a really fast deterioration in the since that car accident. Yeah. Yeah, I think it all stemmed from, it was like five months after being fired and i think he just couldn't deal with the shame i think he had to tell his family back home in uh hamilton like i did i made it but i also didn't make it you it's know? weird to, though to host something six years and then he considers it a shame when that ends that yeah. is ridiculous to me like he, to he, make about six million dollars yeah if, oof. i mean it's hard you know how much money i made from show business yeah <laughs> yeah this I, much I, yeah. given money to show business i know right yeah we're still giving money <laughs> yeah <laughs> join our patreon please <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the way this is all one big long ruse to get to the patreon yeah um could this there's a this is the news story that was on tv after he passed away it's interesting to me and I'll, I'll tell you why afterwards most in four decades a ruling is expected within a month the host of the new Family Feud has committed suicide in California. A Los Angeles radio station quotes an unidentified friend who says Ray Combs hanged himself at the Glendale Adventist Medical Center. The hospital says he died of respiratory failure. Combs was taken to the hospital Yuck. after falling in his jacuzzi and striking his head. Because <laughs> he was hanging, that's why he had respiratory. From 1988 to 94 and operated two comedy clubs in Cincinnati. Ray Combs was... 40 years old. They really scrape in the it's barrel all, to all, get his credits. It's all lies. Like he fell in the jacuzzi? What? I think that might have actually happened, but the fact that the hospital's like, he died of respiratory failure. He didn't die by suicide on a suicide watch. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that is weird to yeah. me. Um, I guess Debbie did not learn about how bad the financial situ situation was until after the suicide. She's is like, that... all right, how much did I inherit? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you owe 40 grand. Here's a bill. Yeah. For yeah exactly. $20 million. From um, Irv Schwartz. Irv Schwartz. Yeah, Schwartz. <laughs> is that why Debbie had to do Dallas? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next chapter. Yeah, it. it was the prequel. It's like the Better Call Saul. Part two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stick around for part two. Debbie does Dallas because her, her husband was a bum. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Boy. Oh, I'm sorry. She wasn't doing Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 No one was after that. Um, no. So, yeah. So they lose the house soon after that because the foreclosure was already happening. And That's so brutal. It was also a $600 driver's license renewal that she didn't know about. I thought that was an interesting tidbit in the uh, the bio about him <laughs> that he didn't pay his driver's license renewal. So, well, he so, wasn't a very good driver. No. Or passenger. Or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from cars. Or yeah. a game show host. Yeah. Yeah. There was an $88,000 bill from the comedy club that he still hadn't paid. Oh, my God. Who, who the hell knows what that was? You for. never paid for your two drinks. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, there was a benefit held at the Laugh Factory um, that netted $10,000 for the family. Johnny, oh. Johnny Carson uh, sent $25. No, $25. <laughs> <laughs> Here, he sent a quarter. You got change for it. You got change <laughs> well, for it, Ted. Can you break a quarter? <laughs> uh, no, she got a 
check for twenty five thousand from Johnny, and he okay. wrote, "I hope this will ease your uh, burden." And uh, sorry for uh, <laughs> encouraging him. Yeah, Jeez. Ray Combs also died on the same day as the as Richard Dawson, who passed away of esophageal cancer sixteen years later, June second, twenty twelve. Wow. Uh, yeah. Same date. Same date. He had to show him up one more time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. Well, he lived a lot longer than Combs. Yeah, I didn't I know. realize Richard Dawson was alive till 2012. That's crazy. Yeah, shocking. He was still around. Yeah. When I was living in Los Angeles, it's yeah. weird. It's uh, some real sad stuff. It is. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. I feel yeah. bad for him, but it's also... If I was, you know, one of his kids, I'd be furious. Like, dude, you made six million dollars. Where did it go? You didn't pay any of your bills. I yeah, I don't think Irv Schwartz was really giving him the the direction that he needed. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, let's do something different. Family challenge. Yeah. Oh my God. And I think that in some ways his happiest days were probably being that warm up comic. Yeah. No pressure. And it's and ego. He was getting praise. Yeah. It's all ego. That's, How are they filming around his schedule? That's his downfall. I know. <laughs> it's insane. But he 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 flew too close to the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the moment ego gets involved, that's when, you know, he, yeah. he can't take it. His pride is hurt that he's canceled after six well, years. Talking yeah. about that short man syndrome at the top, like he was like when they're like, you know, we're everyone doubting him or he's talking to the press. Why is a game show host talking to the press? Who cares? He's yeah. like, he's like, uh, you know, I, I have my own shoes to fill. I don't care about Richard Dawson. Like, right. Whatever, man. Just do a good job out there. It's yeah. like, I think he took things too seriously. Yeah. For mm-hmm. a comedian. Right. It's ne- never good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, he's, I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. Yeah, I, I, he kind of flashed in the pan, kind of came and went. You know, within forty years, you know, he was he was doing pretty good as a working stand-up comic, which a lot of people can't say. But I think the demands he put on himself were just too much. Yeah, and he was at the top of the peak when he got invited to sit next to Carson, and yeah, it was all downhill from there. I think so. Yeah, I think he's like, if I don't keep pushing hard and like going crazy that I'm going to ruin this. And I think he just, he got a little too aggressive in his own career. Mm-hmm. When did Conan O'Brien start? 93. Oh, okay. So he was probably looking at it like every late night spot is taken. That's what I, what, what, today when I was, uh, I was hiking actually. And I oh. had that thought that, wait a second, he saw this young 22 year old kid, Conan yeah. O'Brien. He's on his way to 40 years old. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Wait a second, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna be, you know, either a hacky comedian doing, you know, bad road gigs. But that's the other thing. Why can't he just go on the road like Leno still does? Yeah, and like make five hundred grand my Tonight Show money. Yeah, make five hundred grand a year, maybe. He said he didn't want to, and that's either because he hated traveling or he really wanted to be around his family, which is even more confusing to me about why would you not make sure you have all your money to support your family? Yeah, and they didn't want to be around him. Yeah. At the end, he was going crazy. Yeah. 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 He was more of a nuisance than he was like a helpful person. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, this is a confusing one. It is. It is. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't really know what's going on in his head. I think he was a he was a very private and uh, secretive person. Yeah, which is a very Midwestern Mormon type thing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So he didn't tell anyone really what was going on in his head. I don't think he had any very close friends. No. Ugh. Yeah. Anytime somebody is too corporate, too glossy. Yeah. Hey, that's fantastic. Tell me about yourself. Yeah. They are the darkest people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You just see the emptiness inside of mm-hmm. them that, yeah. you know, is kind of scary. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. The cleanest comics are kind of fucking psychopaths. Like Brian Regan. <laughs> yeah. Chris D'Elia. Well, except for Brian. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he might be a serial killer. We don't know. We well, might that's find what Bill out, Burr but... says. There's something really dark going on inside this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about Brian Regan. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Vince Champ was uh, a clean, um, you know, uh, college comedian, yeah, and then he got arrested because every campus he would go to, he was raping girls. Oh my god! But he's like, don't swear on stage. <laughs> That's what Bill it is. Cosby. Mm-hmm. Don't swear on stage. Oh, I'm drugging and raping women. Look at Richard Jenny. He was a clean comic. He blew, blew his, his brains blew, blew out. His brains out. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. All right. So the moral is. Do dirty material. Yeah, say fuck once in a while. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. Get nasty on stage. Mm, yeah. Get dirty, like Christina Aguilera. Yeah. <laughs> dirty! <laughs> all right, well, that's uh, that's all I get on this case. Yeah. Oh. This is... I thought of one clean comic who seems okay. Who? Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, no, yeah. No, he's a psycho. He's psych- yeah. What, because he dated a minor in the 90s? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, we're yeah, good. No comment it. on him. Yeah. All right, should we get to the mailbag? Let's do Please. it. Please. All right, about our last episode, Steve McNair, Styles Make Fights, wrote, brilliant call on selecting this topic for a show. Thank hey. you. I'm Tiflish. It's Tiflish, right, or Tiflish? Tiflish. Yeah. Tiflish. I'm Tiflish. Yeah. Another great episode. Oh, and yes, Public Enemies was the worst. What a letdown. Yep. The Johnny Depp awful, movie. Awful, awful movie. Babyface Nelson. Terrible. Freddie Mercury. Kitty Music wrote, why the cliffhanger? I was so into this. I thought I knew everything about Freddie's life. Damn. Because it had that wild cliffhanger yeah. just had to wait a week for the next I episode know, yeah. we followed up with the second part yeah meet virginia wrote this with multiple s's was good Ooh. kira kira monet yep wrote i was waiting for this after that cliffhanger and this definitely made my day a whole lot better Ooh. mac said that Oh, yeah. I'm worried that the Dipod hosts have been abducted and replaced by AI replicas. <laughs> Upon the name Gaetan being mentioned, nobody made a pun on the first syllable. Yep. Should we send a search party? I bit my tongue on that one. <laughs> but you didn't bite it anywhere else. Nope. <laughs> Axel knows. Wrote, nice. loved the episode. <laughs> you guys said NXS should have replaced their singer too, LOL. They tried. They had a singing competition on USA, I think, and the winner was the new lead singer. You're welcome for the useless info of the day. I could have used that a month ago. Yeah, <laughs> it was on CBS. And oh, it, was it? It only lasted for like two and a half months. It was like a very quick uh, summertime show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they could have... 
I wouldn't have been the same band though. Wouldn't have been as good as in excess. Where's Adam Lambert when you need him? Yep. I know. Singing for Queen now. And then we got a new Apple review from Teddy Hurley. Hey. Hilariously informative. So much fun. Five, five stars. stars. That five star brought us from four point six to four point seven. Ooh. Pivotal, so, pivotal comment. It's a yeah, major one. Pivotal review. <laughs> and our latest patrons are Zoe, Anne, and Jody. Hey. Thank you so well, much, guys. We really? Love we love you. Welcome we, to the family. <laughs> when you hear your family. From yeah. the bottom of our hearts. We're desperate for you. Like desperate like Ray Combs. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I got. We're going to yep. sing a theme song here. Yeah, well, look us up. Death and Entertainment on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Patreon. Find us. Comment. Yes. Hate us. Comment. Yeah. Write we, a review. We'll read it. We're going to yes. have a call in line at some point. We don't have it set up yet, but we're going to do that it's soon. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, guys. We love you all. And until next time, don't go dying on us. You have just heard... A true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.